Satan always wants us to lie, not to keep our promises. And maybe you're here this morning because you've made some promises to some people and you really haven't kept them. God desires that if you're going to have fellowship with Him, then you need to have integrity as a Christian. It's so important that we listen to Jesus, what He's saying here. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Today's lesson continues our study of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, and it's good to have you with us to get a challenge to live before God with integrity. Pointing to the Pharisees' religious hypocrisy, Raul will urge you to avoid empty lip service and broken promises in your relationship with the Lord. Today's lesson is titled, The Law of Swearing. Here's Raul Reese. I want you to turn to the book of uh, Matthew chapter 5. The Lord is setting up, not only for the disciples and even for ourselves. He goes back to the law. He reads the law, and then he comes back, and he says, But I say unto you, this is what it said, but I say unto you. And the reason is because the Pharisees, Christ, and the Sadducees, they had taken the law of God, and they had twisted it. They were bringing people into bondage. And when Jesus saw that, he made it not only easy for people to come to know him, but to live for Jesus Christ through conversion, to accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior, to the grace of God and the love of God that he has for each one of us individually. Even today, when you look at religion, look at all the rules and regulations that people have in so many churches. When God doesn't look at the outward appearance, he looks at the heart. What is your heart like today? Jeremiah 79 says, the heart is deceitful, desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, know your hearts. So what he's going to deal with this morning is the law of swearing. You ever hear swearing in the courts? I swear to God. Do people really trust you when you share with them? Or you're buying something for them. Or you're selling something through them. Are you selling something that is going to break down something that you wouldn't even use. But you sell to somebody else. That's not right. So it's really of importance. That when we read the scriptures. We not only read them. But we apply them to our lives fully and completely. Let me read chapter 5 verse 33 to the end. Again you have heard it said. To those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but you shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of our great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your yes be yes, and your no be no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one, Satan. Satan always wants us to lie. 
not to keep our promises. And maybe you're here this morning because you've made some promises to some people and you really haven't kept them. God desires that if you're going to have fellowship with him, then you need to have integrity as a Christian. So many times we hear non-believers and say, can you really trust a Christian? And the reason for that is because there's a lot of flaky Christians. They're not afraid of God. Look at the church today as a whole. When you look at every denomination, you look at every church, how many churches truly or congregations, even pastors and leaders, are speaking the truth and living by the truth? Where people can really believe and trust you. It's so important that we listen to Jesus. What he's saying here. Because when I read this passage, I reflect. Not only do I reflect on how many Christians make promises to God and they don't keep them. They never keep them. And guess what? God holds you responsible to keep his promises and to make to him in honesty that you're going to do what you've said you would do for him or for somebody else. So important. That if we're truly going to know Christ, we're going to live for Christ, then we need to practice what we preach. Because the way to heaven is very narrow. Very few people find it. But the way to destruction, we'll get this in a couple of weeks, he says is very broad. And many, many go there. And then in chapter 7, we'll get to that, verse 21. He says, many will come in that day and say, Lord, Lord, I prophesied in your name. I cast the devils in your name. I did miracles, wonders in your name. And he will say to those people, even though you think you knew me, I never knew you. Depart from me, you servant of iniquity. Sin. Get people from the kingdom of God. So you see here, Jesus is setting up the law. The law that was being polluted and misused by the Pharisees, the scribes, and the Sadducees. Look at the first point here in verse 33. The law swearing again. He's going to quote from the Old Testament. Again, you have heard that it was said in those of old, You shall not swear falsely, but you shall perform your oaths to the Lord. Sincerity is this. It means that the appearance and the reality is exactly the same. You don't change. Whatever you say, you're going to do it. Here Jesus gives us another great example of correcting false ideas about the law and again illustrating the superiority of the inward appearance of our hearts. Why do we do what we do? Is it just because we're religious? Or have we truly become born again of the Holy Spirit of God? We cannot be darkness. We cannot be liars. We cannot rip off people if we say that we are Christians. And that goes for everything in your giving and your teaching and your preaching. Whatever you do, God has to be number one. When we came to Jesus Christ, we didn't swear, but we made a commitment by giving of our hearts and saying, Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for my sins. I repent and I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Now I give you my life. And then Paul says what? Romans 12, 1 and 2. For he says, therefore I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your minds. And as we read the word of God, as we pray, 
And the more we put the word of God in our hearts, not in our minds, then we're not going to be like the Pharisees and Christ and the Sadducees. We're going to be true believers. Check this out in Exodus 27. He says again, giving the example. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. That's in the Ten Commandments. Exodus 19.12. You shall set bounds for the people all around saying, Take heed to yourselves that you do not go up to the mountain to touch its base. Whoever touches the mountain shall surely be put to death. They were talking about the mountain where Moses went to get the law and going after God would kill you. He went to get the law because the Ten Commandments in one of them was the whole situation in swearing. And listen, Numbers 30 verse 2. If a man makes a vow to the Lord and swears and know to bind himself by some agreement, he shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. Right here from the heart. God expects you to keep it. He just doesn't say it. He says you're going to pay. You need to pay. Deuteronomy 23, 21. He says, when you make a vow to the Lord your God, you shall not delay to pay it. For the Lord your God will surely require it of you. And it will be sin to you if you don't pay it. Sin to you if you don't pay what you have promised to God. To make a vow. Even a superficial reading here of these commandments indicates plainly the intention of the heart. An oath is a solemn affirmation or declaration made in appeal to God for the truth of all that is affirmed by the person making the oath. That's you and me. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. We'll continue with the teaching from Raul in just a moment. But first, we have Raul with us in the studio to tell us more about his new book, Sermon of Sermons. Raul, when we read the Bible, it seems that as believers, we often rush through and don't really take time to listen to what the Lord is saying to us. How often do you think we should look back at this teaching from the Sermon on the Mount? Oh, man, every day. <laughs> Get up in the morning till the evening. You got to stand back. You know, you look into the mirror and you think you're looking at yourself. But the real you, you got to stand back and say, you know what? Maybe I really don't look like that. And a sermon on the mount will make you examine yourself and get convicted and then say, you know what? I need to change my life. Jesus covers so much in these chapters on the Sermon on the Mount. If you had to boil it all down to the most basic things a person can learn, what would those things be? I can learn to be not only a real believer, but how can I apply it every day in my life? I think that's important. Mm. Every day, not just read it one time, but the things that I've read, the chapters that I've read, they need to be part of my life from that point on. Think about that, chapter 5 to 7. You read the book of Matthew to the Jew. But then in the Sermon of the Mount, it's not to the Jew. It's to everyone because he uses the law to speak to the Jew. So we're not under the law, but under grace. So when I read it, I see it totally different. Roll, how do you think the Sermon on the Mount has helped you personally in your walk with Jesus? Conviction, number one, but also to look back at my life 50 years ago. And then now 50 years later, I've done that sermon three times. It's a total different doctrine in my life. And I call it doctrine because it's not only changed my life, but I have to stand back and say, okay, Lord, how can you change the things that are in my life now that need to be changed? 
Well, thanks so much for taking time to share your heart with us today on the importance of this topic and the need for all of us to listen carefully to what the Lord says in the Sermon on the Mount. We've been talking with Raul Reese about his new book, Sermon of Sermons. To learn more and to order your copy, just go to somebodylovesyou.com. Let's continue with more of today's lesson from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Listen to what else he says. But you shall perform your oaths to the Lord. So he literally, he means this. Truthful, consciously, what is promised in an oath should be performed and paid back. The law of Moses prescribed oaths. And Jesus did not come to destroy, but to repeal the law. You see, he came to fulfill it. Not to get rid of it. And yet the Pharisees, Christ, and Sadducees, even though they had the word of God, the law of God, they were disobedient to the law of God. And all because they became jealous of Jesus and because they've always been disobedient. And they never received the gospel of truth. Numbers 5.19 says, And the priest shall put her under oath. And to the woman, if no man has lain with you, they're accusing the woman, And if you have not gone astray to uncleanness while under the husband's authority, be free from this bitter water that brings forth curse. And then he says that you may enter into covenant with the Lord your God and into his oath, which the Lord your God makes with you today, that he may establish you today as a people for himself and that he may be God to you just as he has spoken to you and just as he has sworn to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God, keep this promise. Do we keep our promises? Do we really believe in being obedient to the word of God? So he's stressing the fact that an oath once made must be kept. And the person who fails to make the promise and to pay it back is keeping not only a person from coming to the kingdom, but you're called a liar. You're a liar. And what did Jesus say? No liars will inherit the kingdom of God. No liars. Second point, verse 34 and 35. But I say unto you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, For it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head. Because you cannot make one hair white or one black. He's given more instruction here. He's talking here about swearing or having profanity in your life. Think of how many people in the church still have profanity with all of us. Profanity. When we get angry. Instead of holding back, we come out with our hearts and we say something to somebody to put them down, but to infect their hearts and to not only inject poison into their hearts. But every one of us has that. Mom and dad to your children. Children to their parents. Friends, loved ones outside of the church. That's why Jesus Christ wants us to be obedient. He says, swear not because all things are sacred. If you're a child of God, when you open your mouth and your heart speaks, it's supposed to be sacred. It's supposed to be truth, not lies or deception. And this is why he says this, number one, it is our responsibility to testify under oath when such testimony will bring a criminal to justice or it will save an innocent person from being unjustly accused and sentenced. Think of all the people in the prisons that have been falsely accused. 
There was one of them just a couple of months ago, 30 years in prison. They let him out because he was, they found that he was not guilty. And our court systems are so messed up. Somebody kills somebody. They go to court and they don't have enough evidence. So what happens? He goes free. So Jesus has given us an insight to make it an oath. Secondly, an oath taken in the right manner concerning jiu-jitsu proceedings is not sinful. But when a person under such circumstances places his hand on the Bible and swears to tell the truth and the whole truth and nothing but the truth, guess what? God will hold you responsible. How many times people have put their hand on the Bible and lied for the person they're defending? You can't do that as a Christian, even if it's your own son or daughter, or husband or wife. You can't do it. You have to speak truth. Otherwise, you're going to get yourself in trouble. Thirdly, that person is obligated before God to keep his promise and to tell the truth and nothing but the truth forever. That's what he says. Jesus said, do not swear at all. So, number one, we're not to swear by heaven. Which is a place for his glory manifested. Isaiah 66, 1. Thus saith the Lord, heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool, where is the house that is, was built for me, and where the place of my rest, the house of God. Secondly, not by earth. Not by earth, nor because it is his footstool. This is the place where he governs and he looks over. Psalm 24, 1. The earth is the Lord's. In all its fullness. The world and those who dwell therein are his. God himself. Thirdly, not by Jerusalem. Nor by Jerusalem, for it is a city of our great king. He cares greatly for his city, Jerusalem. Psalm 46, 4. He says, there is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God. The holy place of the tabernacle of the most high. Psalm 46, 4, beautiful in elevation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of our great king. Fourthly, nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair, one white, or one black. Notice, unless you use coloring, that's it. Look what he says, thirdly, verse 36 and 37, the swearing oath. Nor shall you swear by your head. Again, because you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your yes be yes and your no be no. For whatever is more than these is what? From the evil one. Notice what he says. We have to have integrity. It means what? We don't compromise. We use not only a compromise in our own lives but for others. But we have a pure heart before the Lord. A vow is binding in respect to what? To accomplishing the truth. And yet, why is it such a problem for the church? Listen to James, the brother of Jesus. James 5.12. But above all, my brethren, do not swear either by heaven or by the earth or with any other oath. But let your yes be yes and your no be no, lest you fall into judgment. He probably borrowed from Jesus, his brother. Stepbrother, notice that. If divorce is due to human hard hardness, swearing then is due to human untruthfulness. To human untruthfulness. We do not want to speak the truth. But yet we're permitted by the law, neither commanded, neither should be necessary. 
Notice, if swearing is forbidden by God himself, then why himself Jesus in the Old Testament used an oath in Scripture? Remember Genesis chapter 22, when Abraham was asked to go to Mount Moriah, which is Mount Calvary today? And as he came, they brought wood, they brought the knife, and the sacrifice was supposed to be a lamb. And here is Isaac walking down the road and coming up to Mount Moriah. And all of a sudden says, Dad, the altar, the wood, and then where is the sacrifice? And he said, he says, behold, he said, God will provide himself a sacrifice. Speaking of Jesus 2,000 years later. And Abraham tied up his son, lay him on the altar and getting ready to stab him. The wood spoke of the cross, notice. The lamb spoke of who? Jesus Christ. And when he took that knife to kill him, the voice came by God. He says, Abraham, Abraham, don't kill your son. And then God provided with a ram to kill the ram and place it on the altar. Listen to chapter 22, verse 16 and 17. And then he said, by myself I swore and saith the Lord, because you have done this thing, And have not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing, I will bless you. Multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heavens. And as the sands which are on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies. Notice what he's saying. Hebrews chapter 6, 13 through 18. For when God made a promise to Abraham. Because he could swear by no other greater. He swore by himself saying... Surely blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men indeed swear by the greater, an oath, who confirmation is from them an end of all dispute. Thus God determined to show more abundantly to the heir of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed by an oath, By two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay a hold of hope set before us. So if swearing is forbidden, it is what? It is prohibited in absolute way if you're going to lie. You cannot lie. You have to do what you have to do when you swear. If today's message has convicted you about hypocrisy or broken promises in your relationship with the Lord, we encourage you to not waste any time but to make things right with God today. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to review today's lesson, we'll be glad to send you a complete copy for a donation of $5 or more. To get that, simply call 800-634-9165 and ask for the teaching title, The Law of Swearing. We'd also like to tell you about a resource with more guidance for walking in integrity. Titled Sermon of Sermons, Rawls' new book takes an in-depth look at Jesus' instructions for making God-honoring decisions in everything from your finances to your relationships. You'll see that the Lord will bless you in abundance when you surrender to Him in true obedience. 
We're offering this book at the pre-order rate of just $12 plus shipping and handling. Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165 and ask for Rawls' new book titled Sermon of Sermons. That's 800-634-9165. Or you can order by writing us at Somebody Loves You Radio, Post Office Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. Your tax-deductible gifts bless us and help us keep these programs on the air. We're thankful for your partnership. Be sure and join us next time for a crucial warning against seeking retaliation when you've been wronged. Continuing this Sermon on the Mount series, we'll see that while our natural tendency is to seek revenge or restitution, Jesus has called us to mercy and forgiveness. Now, here's Roll once again with a concluding thought from today's teaching. The church really needs to look at their lives today. We're living in a time where the church not only thinks that grace is there all the time, and yet Paul the Apostle in Galatians says, shall we frustrate the grace of God? No, God forbid. The grace of God, it was given to us when we repented and received Christ as our Lord and Savior. And as we receive him as our Lord and Savior, he baptized us with the Holy Spirit, which means we know what's right from wrong. And yet, as Christians, how many times we lie? We don't pay our bills. We don't have responsibility. And yet, God says, if you made an oath to me, you got to keep it. I will hold you responsible for it. Swearing and oath-taking, it's pathetic confession and dishonesty, especially when you don't keep your oath. God will not honor you. If you find yourself today in that position, lying, cheating, breaking your promises to God, you need to come to a place of repentance. God will forgive you. He'll forgive you. He'll bless you. But it has to be a true repentance from the heart. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.